you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here, and we got a full house. We got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on? Uh, I think I've been playing around with Harmon's volume in his ears, realizing that uh, I'm on a different uh, headset than normal today. Confirmed. Uh, (laughs) My bad. Uh, The pride of West Virginia. What's up, Matt Harmon? Man, normally I'm last in the rotation, and I just kind of say, like, I've lately just been going, like, hi, James, Hello. and we move right on, but now I feel like I'm on the spot. So okay. Just move on. Okay. Magical Beard of Fantasy, Matt Franciscovich, what's up? Hey, hey, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, what up? The Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, not on vacation. Jesus. No. <laughs> Shocking. Let, let the man live. <laughs> and it's the Stone Mountain CEO, the pride. Of NFL fantasy? No, it's not fantasy live. No. It is Adam Rank. Welcome back to the podcast, Bob. Hey, thanks so much for having me, boss. Uh, The real reason we got you on here, uh, you got a brand new show. I know it's going to break the heart of many viewers uh, who are fans of NFL fantasy live, but... Which is very sweet of them. Yes. Because Marcus uh, had dropped that. I think Marcus didn't fill in the blanks. He's like, <laughs> no, hey, he did not. This guy's no longer on Fantasy Live. And I want to, uh, and if I didn't <laughs> if I didn't respond to your tweets It's because we hadn't made the official announcement yet. I uh, I do appreciate it. It was like, oh, right. did you get, like, are you quitting? Yeah, I feel, like I, I feel like I let the cat out of the bag on. Uh, oh, you totally. The, around, the, the, around the NFL podcast. That, that might have been what it was. Yeah, what I, I kind of I let that. I mean, That's totally all. cool. People are very sweet about it. But and you got I, a brand new show. Uh, we do. It's called Fantasy and Friends. Yep. It'll be coming on immediately after NFL Fantasy Live, uh, Monday through Wednesday and on Friday. We do not have a show on Thursday because uh, Thursday night football. To thir- Thursday night football. Right. I-, I think at some point we'll replace Fantasy Live on Thursdays because I think at some <laughs> point you're going to replace oh, Thursday wow. night football. I probably. Interesting. That's my conjecture. That's not. I don't have any sort of insight. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just making a prediction because I'm that confident. Good. I think. Um, Perfect. I think a lot of people could see this as uh, Seth Rollins turning on the Shield. Okay. Maybe uh, Hollywood Hogan. Great. Being born of the New World Order. Ooh. I kind of think of it. I kind of equate it more. Okay. To uh, Guns N' Roses reunion, where it's like Dave, because Dave Damashek's on the show. Yes. With MJD and Aaron Coscarelli. That's right. Those and, are your friends uh, now. So, yeah, those are our friends. Well, yeah. the friends are everybody. Oh, is it? Everybody who's going to be participating. So you are, guys are, are the, you're the fantasy. Are we, are we your friends? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. Like, bestie. No, 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 no. I don't have any friends. No, no, we're, we're not his friends unless we participate in the show. Oh. You don't oh. have to participate in the show. I think you do. We're going to allow our friends to participate. Oh, I see. Everybody's just going to be hanging out, talking okay. fantasy. This isn't going to be 
you know, old man yelling at Matt Harmon about stuff. Right. You want to invite people to have an open dialogue. That's it. Okay. Which I think will be very good. An I open think. dialogue is good. I think it'll get. So with Dave Damashek, I think it's an open, like, open ears and an open mind. Open, you know, most importantly, open heart. Open heart. Oh, wow. When you open your heart, yes. Or are we transitioning into the feelings podcast right now? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody play Wonderwall. I feel like I feel like though the open heart goes against what we were taught in Friday Night Lights because clear eyes, full heart. Mm. Can't mm. lose. But you have to open your heart first before it can be full. Can't fill it up. Like when you go right. to the gas station, right. you can't what? just take out that thing. Uh-huh. What is right. going true? So if you had, right. if you right. had, I, I stand, I sit corrected. If you had, perfect. Two minutes. Yes. On the over under for uh, off the rails for this podcast, <laughs> you, <laughs> you won. Come on down. Collect I, I, I tweeted out. Uh, it's like a, te- a train test where they were seeing how it would respond to a crash. Yes. I tweeted that out as we were starting to record. I said Adam Ranks on the podcast today. Here's a live look at how long it'll take us to go off the rails. <laughs> uh, listen, let me, got, but let me and say. I was right. But let me say one thing yes. about Tim Tebow. No. <laughs> so here's no. the deal. All right. So but here's, here's the, the thing. deal. It's, Fantasy and Friends. But it's Dave on at Axel. Uh, and am I slash or is he slash? Because if we if we just had Michelle Beisner. All right. Listen. We could have like three fourths of the original. The lineup. original Fantasy Live show. Yeah. Uh, and if it's, it's kind of like the oh, okay. current Guns and Roses. Interesting. Uh, Not quite everybody. Uh, great analogy. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> Why? Adam Rank is, is going to be on Fantasy and Friends. It's uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, every single day except for Thursday. Yep. During the week. I'm sorry. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And we want everybody to uh, Skype uh, it's in. A, oh, that's the thing. It, it's very interactive. You could Skype in. This is what, yeah. Uh, you can actually call, call in. in. Oh, we're going old school with the there's call. Gonna, there's an it actual was... phone number that you can call in. There'll be a phone. There'll be somebody that's going to read like 30. Amazing. And somebody's going to have to read you the, 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 the disclaimer yes. for 30 seconds Good. before you get on the air and all that stuff. And this show's live, right, too. It's a it's a live television show, and people are skyping in, skyping yes. in. That's that's calling in. That's nothing could thing. go wrong. Nothing could that's go exactly wrong with that. <laughs> if you think it sounds this is like a, a high wire act, man. but if you think it sounds like a terrible idea, and yeah. like, I don't like MJD or whatever it is, I still suggest you tune in because that first week we had two days of rehearsal. It's going to be wild for a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff can go wrong. Oh, sure. I think nice. you tune in just for that. That's true. Just for that. I agree. Aaron Coscarelli almost took a header walking down the stairs. <laughs> one of the stages. <laughs> before they were like, hey, uh, maybe you don't have the young lady in heels <laughs> trying to read Proctor yeah. and walking down the stairs. Right. Probably I a good call. I think that thing. I it, like behind it. the glass is completely filled up with the steam coming from Alex. No, I'm actually it's fine right now. This is this we got is fine. Get, this Bill is Hart's like to doing crossword. No, but watch watch the show. It should be it. a lot of fun. Um, obviously, there's going to be some massive changes on NFL Fantasy Live as well. But it is part of a two-hour block that you can find starting September 5th at 5 p.m. Eastern. NFL Fantasy Live at 5 p.m. Eastern. Fantasy and Friends at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, NFL, tune in NFL Fantasy Live as well. There's a lot, as I mentioned, there's going to be a lot of massive changes there. You know, as why don't we talk about what's coming up on our show t- yes, today? Yes, we can do that. Yes. We're going to go through Can our... I stick around? Do you guys mind? Yeah, please. please. I know I was supposed to come in and just promote it. No, no, no. We wanted you the whole time. Yeah. That's very nice of All you. Right. Uh, uh, we're doing our fantasy top tens. We're kind of breaking it up, though, uh, today. And you can find these lists. It's uh, our favorite sleepers, our favorite breakout candidates, our favorite busts. Uh, but uh, it's NFL.com slash fantasy top tens, one zero S fantasy top tens it's basically look if you're lazy you don't want to do the research you don't want to you don't want to look into all these numbers 
Our guys here at NFL Fantasy have uh, compiled their favorite top ten lists, and all you got to do is go through uh, and, and basically check it out. So, But today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite sleepers and some of our favorite breakout candidates. But let's start, as always, top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. We start where else but in Minnesota, Teddy Bridgewater. His knee blew up. Pour one out. Yeah. Jeez. ACL torn, uh, dislocated kneecap, and what the team is calling other structural damage. Uh, not exactly sure what that means, but that's okay. Um, and on the rundown, there's just a sad emoji. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, sad emoji. Very sad. Um, what does it mean for... Adrian Peterson, I, I've been getting this question a lot uh, on Twitter. Uh, me personally, I, you know, I just think it doesn't mean that much, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I, you know, I could be convinced otherwise because I'm kind of uh, on the fence about it. Alex, what are your thoughts? I, I don't think it impacts him at all. I think hit, this offense is built around him. He's still the engine that runs, and he has succeeded with quarterbacks way, way worse than Teddy Bridgewater or Sean Hill in his time in the NFL. So I don't think it, it does much to him. I know I'm a little bit concerned about Diggs, but Harmon, I, I think you were on Twitter or something else talking about how this actually could be a positive for Diggs, right? I think you can spin this injury in a couple of different ways, and here's why I think that it might be bad for Peterson but good for the receivers because if the Vikings are going to take a step back as a team with Bridgewater out, then they're going to run more plays. They're going to throw more often because they're trailing just by necessity. I mean, they were – the dead last in pass attempts last year. I think right. with their starting quarterback out, that's almost certainly to going to come up. Like They will ha- end up throwing more. And we know Peterson is mostly just a two-down back at this point. So we could see Jarek McKinnon take more snaps on passing downs, which I think would hurt Peterson overall. Also, Jarek McKinnon option quarterback, you mean? No, well, <laughs> Triple let's, option, let's, let's go. Before we get to the disaster scenario, okay. let's talk about something that might be actually plausible. All right. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I think that – How like, dare you bring that into this podcast? I know. All me right. and rationality is so ridiculous. But I, I think, honestly, like – They'll they'll end up becoming kind of a different offense just by necessity because this this will greatly impact the overall eff- effectiveness of the team. And if they're throwing more, I think that means just more passes for Diggs, who's really the only established receiver uh, on the team right now. Anyway, you know, I kind of here's the thing. I, I know that he's played Alex with a lot of bad quarterbacks uh, in his past, but he was also in his prime. Right. Right. Then. And that's kind of where I fall on this thing. I mean, like, yeah, he played with bad quarterbacks, but he also wasn't uh, approaching 31 years old with a lot more wear and tear on his legs. And with a legit backup. And with a legit backup. Right. I mean, I do worry that, I mean, we're talking about Sean Hill, who I'm looking this up right now, dating back to 2011, has thrown a grand total of 250 passes Ugh. since uh, since 2011. Uh, you know, and most of those career. most of those came in 2014 when the Rams quarterback situation completely disintegrated. Um, so Wait, right now, <laughs> you just if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not staying up late at night to figure out how Sean Hill's going to beat me. Right. I am I am dedicating all my resources right now to Adrian Peterson. And that's not to say he still won't be a top 10 fantasy running back, but I do think you've got to take him down a couple of pegs from where you might have had him originally. But were they staying up late at night worrying about Teddy Bridgewater? I think more so. I think more so, certainly than Sean Hill. I mean, right. I I was kind of uh, 
I was kind of down on Adrian Peterson anyways. I was trying to avoid him. I mean, I, I, I have him in a keeper league, and nobody wants him. Like, yeah. Somebody wouldn't trade it, trade me Julian Edelman for him. And <laughs> Jeez. It's crazy. And I don't know. The, the whole situation is one. I, I thought legitimately when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback that they were a Super Bowl contender. I actually thought, like, this could for be sure. a yeah. defense in the NFC. And then you look at it, and you're like, okay, and we had to redo our picks for uh, NFL.com. And I'm like, okay, well, there's still a playoff team. And I'm like, you know what? Actually, I don't think they, I don't think they are no. now. I, I actually, yeah. I, took, I took them out of my playoffs now that I should have gone. I should have. But I was like, I was trying to be cool. I don't want to bum them out too much because I feel bad for Vikings fans. Oh, yeah. And by the Big way, time. this is an interesting question. Who is the biggest celebrity Vikings fan? Well, Prince like, is gone it? now. Prince is gone. Is it a dude from a fictional TV show? Marshall, Marshall Erickson? Erickson? Is he not the biggest Viking? I mean, Nick Swartzen's very funny, and he's hilarious, but is he more I mean, popular is, than Marshall? But that, nobody that, claims is Al, Minnesota. Is Al Franken uh, maybe a, uh, a Viking? Al Franken's not a bad choice. If he's an actual football fan, but you never see him on the sideline. That's what I mean. True. Who, That's the thing. Who is like, that? Like Vince Vaughn and Bill Murray are on Bears. You know, uh, for, for, for Matt Harvey. Harvey because playing he's, up the, uh, he's, the millennial he's, side. He's, well, no, I, mean, I think he's he legitimately he's, doesn't he's, know. Al Franken currently is a United States senator, senator. senator. from the state of Minnesota, yep. but but gained fame as a writer and performer on Saturday Night Live back in the 70s. Oh, why was his? Hilarious. He wrote By a book. The way, 70s, please. What the hell happened to him? He's like so not funny now. Like, did you see his speech at the DNC? It was he, awful. Well, basically, I don't think they wanted him to go do an open mic. It was yeah, so bad. That's also, also true. He's a senator, and no, no, he's I been exposed that. to more of the horrors of the world. So it take it took his funny way. But right. let's get back to football here. Oh, so close. We, so, we, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, Alex is biting on this. Let's go to with, with, well, Just real quick with Peterson, I can sure. understand some trepidation, but I was also saying like, I don't think it impacts his value too much, which was already, like to me, at the back end of the first round or the second round. Like, yeah, we're seeing him go 8-9-10. He's still going to be probably now with with Bridgewater out the primary option in the red zone because right. the, they're not going to trust the passing attack with Sean Hill if and when they get to the red zone. I was going to say, how often are they going right. to be in the red zone? And they'll still yeah. probably lean on him early and often with McKinney and mixed in. I, I, he's, in he's an RB1, but a lower-end RB1. All right, not touch him in they, the first round. They, I had already discounted him at my store. They have a couple tough matchups yeah, early in the season, matching. too. They play the Packers in Week 2 and the Panthers in Week 3. So. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Let's go to Kansas City. Jamal Charles may not start Week 1. That according to ESPN Kansas City Chiefs reporter Adam Teicher. I, Teicher's going all in on this, by the way. I, I, I've gone to a bunch of other Kansas City beat writers, and no one is going quite as strong as Adam Teicher, who really believes that Spencer Ware is going to get the bulk of the carries in week one. Are we buying that report? Because, again, some conflicting reports a little bit because I don't want to say conflicting because i tell you what, Andy Reid has been very elusive about how much playing time Jamal Charles is going to get. He's a little bit behind schedule in terms of recovering from his second ACL surgery in the past five years. And, again, Andy Reid not committing to any kind of playing time the practice hasn't really been there too much. Spencer, we're getting the bulk of first-team reps. How worried are we? Oh, yeah, I am a little I, worried. Yeah. Um, But I've also been leery of Jamal Charles all throughout draft season to begin with. Yeah. Just the, the compilation of injuries, the fact that there are, uh, you know, you had Ware and or Sharkhandrick West ready to, to take carries if need be. And the fact that, as I've said before, every now and then Andy Reid just seems to forget that Jamal Charles is standing in the backfield. So I, I feel like in a lot of ways that's been priced into his draft position right now. But I, I would not be surprised if we see a lot of Spencer Ware in the first week. Jamal Charles will be the starter when he's healthy. But, um, I mean, I think it's it's worth downgrading him a little bit. 
franchise? I mean, we, we know Jamal Charles has top five fantasy running back upside on limited volume. We've seen him do it his whole career. Right. Uh, but it worries me that Spencer Ware is being talked about as this goal line vulture type guy. Like, if they're not going to have Charles in, in those red zone high value situations, yeah, you got to bump him down. And I, don't, I, don't, I thought that uh, Jamal Charles really wasn't a goal line guy for most of his career. That most of his touchdowns actually were like longer runs or dump offs that he turned into long runs. Yeah. But or I, receptions. Receptions too. Inside yeah. the five or whatever it is. I think he could still go out there and be very effective. Yeah. Because even if they had somebody taking the goal line looks, I'm like, ah, it's not going to make him too uh, nuke his credit or nuke his value completely. But I, this is one of the things, and and this should be a lesson for the kids out there. This is why you don't draft impaired, because I was in a, I was in a, I was in a draft good advice over the weekend, and I took Charles in the second round. Okay, I hated it. I really, it's one of those things like, and it's become this way that like now when I take a running back early in the first two rounds, I do not like the way. My team said, "Yeah, that. you feel like you've missed out." I feel like I missed out, and I even got Lamar Miller in the NFL fantasy league, and. Even you didn't though, like that one either? Even though I backed it, I had Daz and I think Dante Moncrief, okay. my, which will be my second receiver in my flex. I'm looking at it, I'm like, meh. I mean, Lamar, Lamar Miller could be really good, and I know everybody's really excited about him. Yeah. But then you're still looking, you're like, eh, I could have taken Brandon Marshall. Right. Could have done that. So it's one of those things. So in a league where we play only one running back, mm. I, for whatever reason, what? was thinking like, well, I, yeah. Well, weird. Listen, it's not weird. That. I've made it look like the NFL. We do a th- we do <laughs> a right. lot of things. No, we do a lot of things where we do uh, a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, a tight end, and then I believe it's two flex because I have two leagues like this. It's either two flexes or three flex. Okay, which just makes it like the NFL. Yeah. Okay. I think the the big takeaway from this though is yes. that Spencer Ware's value is going from late round deep sleeper to like the Charles Sims, Kristen Michael, Bilal Powell range. Tenth where- round. Yes. Even even earlier, maybe. That, that's saw, where his that's right. where his ADP currently sits. Tenth, yeah, at the tenth round. Tenth I right. was um, ten point oh five. I was sitting there. Yeah, I was moderate and moderating. I was monitoring two of my friends' drafts last night, and both of both their teams now look similar. Uh, and I was like, you know what, draft Spencer Ware earlier than you need to. Yes, right. Tenth round. I, I've been I've been saying that for the past couple of weeks that I've heard from a, a chief source that uh, he was going to figure into the rushing load more than people expected. Anyways, they've worked him in the passing game in training camp, and yeah, he's going to be their goal line back. He scored a goal line touchdown all three of their preseason games. Again, if you're drafting wide receiver heavy teams, I think Spencer Ware is like a must get in the ninth round. Hundred percent agree. All right, let's go to Buffalo. R. Kelly, Buffalo. Washington. Sorry, Washington. Washington. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, wait. Can I go back to one wow. thing about Peters? This I just got this text. Somebody in my keeper league was like, "Hey, I'd be willing to trade trade you for Peterson. I'm not willing to give up any of these players: Golden Tate, oh AJ Green, or Rashad Jennings. This guy values Rashad Jennings more, more than, than Adrian Peterson. Oh, like, wow. I give him a straight up. I will take Rashad Jennings. He uh, he might value Rashad Jennings more than the Giants. Is this? Do. <laughs> I know, man. Is that like an overreaction Dang. to the Teddy Bridgewater injury? Oh, or? big time, big time. Big yeah, time. I'm just that's ridiculous. Him. That's craziness. Uh, in Washington, they don't have any healthy backs. Oh apparently. God. Rob Kelly uh, is coming out of the closet. Uh, <laughs> oh. Three mix to ignition. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Oh yes. Is he yep, ready to bump absolutely. and grind in Washington? He is ready to bump and grind. Jesus. He's. Uh, I believe that he can fly. Uh, <laughs> All right. All of you should delete your account. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> fine. All right. Okay. Uh, Rob Kelly, uh, he looked great. Is he worth an ad? 
I think he absolutely is worth an ad. I went, I went back up and watched some of his preseason tape yesterday. Where's he from? Tulane? Tulane. Undrafted rookie out of Tulane. Okay. He didn't get drafted partly because he doesn't have breakaway speed. I think he ran like a four six eight, so he's automatically off James's radar. But the thing about him is he's got vision. <laughs> is he a fullback? He has vision. He has good feet. And he's shown he's capable of finishing runs. Even watching in the preseason, just the little things he did, I, I like him more than Matt Jones, to be honest. Will he get the car- more carries than Matt Jones? No. There was a – I forget who the report came from this morning. I'm pulling it back up. But he expected it to be more of like a 60-40 split right now. It was Rich Tandler from uh, realredskins.com. Okay. He expected it to probably be a 60-40 split going forward. But – I think he's absolutely worth an ad, and I know Marcus hates the idea of us getting excited about a committee, even though we're not getting excited about You're it. You're getting excited about it. Matt, jo- <laughs> Matt Jones was, was never going to own a full share of this backfield anyways, and now we know yeah. who his running mate is going to be, at least for the immediate future. So I went yesterday and scooped him up in a bunch of leagues just just in case. And if Matt Jones, he's coming back from an AC joint sprain, which is a nagging injury, especially oh, yeah. for a running back. Oh, yeah. When he's supposed, you're telling me he's going to absorb. Lower his shoulder? And absorb no, yeah. contact on that for 16 weeks and not miss a couple more games? Yeah. No way. Okay. And he's no already way. got ball security issues. Right. Though. He's already got ball security issues. So this Rob Kelly guy, he's not going to be a sec- not going to be a, you know, a sexy back, but Alfred Morris was just like that in Washington, too, and he was great for a while. Alfred Morris was good. Yeah, That's, it was. You know, I mean, Albert Morris was good. There, I don't, still don't hate round. on the yeah. remix to Ignition. I went, <laughs> I went and looked yesterday. I mean, there are four running backs listed, and I mean, this is before you know. This is at the end of the day on Thursday. There are four running backs listed on the Washington roster. Yeah, Mac Brown, Matt Jones, Robert Kelly, Chris Thompson. All four of these guys, I think, are going to see sometime throughout the season. I mean, isn't Chris Thompson really the guy to own? In he's, the he's, he's the pass-catching back there. I mean, Mac Brown looked really good in the fourth preseason game. He, he ran really well. I'm not going to take that away from Robert Kelly. looked really good. Matt Jones is, I guess, the presumptive starter when he's healthy and they're he's ready Marshall's to go. in the mix somewhere. This is, IR. On IR. This, oh, this is going, it up on injury reserve. This is going to look a lot like that Giants backfield last year that caused us all to pull our hair out. And, you know, so – yeah, it's good for Robert Kelly. That I was like successful. He, it looks like he has a roster spot, and he's going to get some carries there. But for the rest of us, there's there's no reason to fool around with anybody in yeah. this backfield until they show us some sort of clarity on how things get split up. All right, I let's agree. go to Miami. Devontae Parker dealing with a hamstring injury. Adam Gase has told him that – basically called him out. Really said he needs to do some stuff outside of practice to keep his body uh, right. He wasn't really happy with how Devontae Parker, I guess, has been away from uh, practice. Uh, he's really done almost nothing uh, in this preseason. We've heard no buzz. There's been no positive reports regarding Devontae Parker. Uh, yet we're still seeing him go pretty early, I-, I think, based off of what we saw on the field at the end of last season. Um, overvalued, about right, undervalued. How do we feel about Devontae Parker? His ADP has come down to the ninth round now, which I still think is too early. We've been saying on this podcast for almost a month now that you can't take him with a single-digit round pick. Like James mentioned, there's no, po- there's been literally zero positive buzz. And if you look back at what he did in reception perception, even in those with, – with making a lot of highlight catches in the last few weeks of the season, he still struggled to get open. He still struggled to routinely beat press coverage. And I think right now that's just who he is. He's a splash player that will absolutely show up on the highlight reel this year. But in terms of where he is in the pecking order, he's been behind Kenny Stills all, all preseason. Okay, so and let me ask you this. So we've talked about Devontae Parker at length. What we haven't talked about, though, is Kenny Stills. Is Kenny Stills a guy that 
folks can trust in, or is he just going to be basically rotating in and out uh, to the point where you know you can't really rely on 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 him on a week to week basis? Well, I mean, I think we know that he's not a guy that you can rely on on a week-to-week basis because he's a deep threat and a second option in a non – I mean, when he was with Drew Brees, you knew you could throw him out there because it's Drew Brees, it's the Saints offense. But yeah. I'm not too interested in, in dealing with the ancillary players in a Ryan Tannehill-led offense. That said, I think there are weeks where Kenny Stills is absolutely going to matter. He's not a he's not a bad player. Uh, he might be not you know I think he got booted out of New Orleans because they just didn't jive with what they wanted from a work ethic perspective but you know if he's if he's working hard this offseason and making an impact in Miami there are weeks he's gonna matter anyone jumping on board the Kenny Stills train I would I would take a late round dart throw yeah. at Kenny Stills. I mean, just what I've seen from him in the preseason suggests that he does have a role. And but I I agree with Harmon that he is a guy with maybe a big ceiling and a very low floor, depending on on how the weeks go. So he is definitely better in best ball leagues and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, I would say this: I would rather take a chance on him as a late round dart throw than anybody in that Washington backfield. Okay, there you go. I'll give. Marks you... just hate <laughs> so much. There are four hate, guys hate, 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 there. Hate. It's it's not it one thing if there was just like two guys there, but there are four guys that are going to get work. There. I'll give you a. What well, makes you think it's automatically going to turn into the Giants though? Gruden doesn't have a history of that. He's usually been a two a two split with you know maybe a pass catcher. Right, but that's two. You have a two split when you have guys that you think are the guy. There's nobody there that they think is the guy. I mean, we literally there was literally talk on Thursday night that Mac Brown could be the starter for this team. Yikes. Those are the people that just watch that one game and right. get really excited. Mac Brown playing against nobody who's going to be on an NFL roster this season. In the slop, in, in running, in a, in running through court. gaping holes. Yeah. 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 You know, I think, but, yeah, I think the, other the other, But the other three guys have done so much to separate Right. Themselves? Like, the thing is, the opportunity Actually, is there for any of these guys right well. now. done pretty well. Like, Art, he's, he's, his uh, yards per carry has been pretty good. I think he it's 5.2 for the whole preseason. Yeah, he's not – listen, he's not going to be a guy who just breaks away and runs away from people, but he's somebody who can be Churning a out consistent yards. back. And I, I, I don't know why, especially if you're in the 15th round, why you would – want to turn your nose to that because somebody has to be the runner there and i i'm on a zero matt jones theory <laughs> same, uh, same here same <laughs> here <laughs> nice strategy chris uh chris thompson is a third down back and uh the other undrafted guy was fine but they showed in that game they're like we're going with this guy first and then mac brown can go do his thing and hopefully you catch on with another team we just backed segment i know let's go let's move <laughs> forward we're I off of it. it we're off uh, of it. but by the way i want to give one danger zone deep sleeper uh in miami yakim grant continuing to make noise there uh and, and there have been a lot we talk about buzz uh there has been uh some pretty good positive reports regarding yakim grant uh i think a, a smallish guy five five nine, six or, is he really five he's six like legit five six. six he's like turned in holiday unbelievable out of texas tech uh but he's got great speed he's apparently making plays i don't know he's going to have a role on, on the uh, on special team so we'll see anyways we'll go to tennessee uh derrick henry I mean, continuing to impress. He is just, he's crushing DBs out there, man. I mean, I know that he's big. I know he's built like a linebacker, but He's man. crushing linebackers, too. Yeah, it's true. Franchise, the floor is yours. Nobody's going to be able to stop this guy. It's pretty clear. The, the Titans just feed him the ball. They fed him the ball on all these first-team offensive plays this whole preseason, and he's just dominated every defense. There was that one play, I know it was the fourth preseason game, that play against the Dolphins the other day where they stacked a box with nine defenders. Like, 
They know what they're doing. They're giving the ball to Derrick Henry. Nine guys were crowding the box, and he still took it for like 22 yards. Unbelievable. Uh, you, know, you know what I've been really impressed with in regards to Derrick Henry, and I didn't think he was going to be able to do this. When he gets to that second level, yeah. he's able to get skinny and then cut back inside. I didn't think he had that ability, and I'll tell you what – he never had to show that ability at Alabama because he just literally was dropping shoulders and trucking fools. Yeah. I didn't think he could do that in the NFL, and he hasn't done that in the NFL. He's gotten skinny and cutting back inside. A man of that size doing that, man. It's not it, fair. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. And then when he gets to the se- then when he gets to the secondary, oh yeah, stiff arming dudes yeah. out the way, like man. Once it's been g- fun to see him once, play. Once he gets going. It's just like number bye. number forty five from the Dolphins last week <laughs> got taken to the woodshed. His, his, his name is soul is his, gone. His name is Mike Hall. He is a person we should acknowledge. Sorry, Mike. Sure. Sorry, bro. He's a two hundred thirty seven pound linebacker from Penn State who I don't think is going to make the roster. But nevertheless, <laughs> like absolutely ridiculous plays by Derrick Henry. If you can't see that he's good, you're not good at watching football. And he can catch the ball too. So. Right. He's shown he has shown that, which is important. I think I, I think he's going to be the starter by the end of the year. I agree. At, at worst. But the one thing. Um, the he's never had to pass protect because they didn't ask him to do that at Alabama. Do you worry though that although he's bigger than one of his Alabama counterparts, that his running style and it looks good in the preseason and it looks good now that when he gets to week twelve, a little worn down, perhaps he's not going to be as effective for you than he was earlier in the season. Uh, and and to that point, Rank, that's why I was making the distinction of the fact that he's able to turn sideways, get skinny. Uh, when he gets to that line, he's not looking to absorb contact right. from linebackers. He can be elusive. That's, well, that's kind of what has been impressive. I also think two things about that. One, because he's not necessarily the feature back there, he's not going to get a ton of carries. I mean, and he's going to go. split with DeMarco Murray. Second, uh, the one thing you see a lot of, and not from everybody, but from a lot of young running backs is – all it takes is you getting lit up once or twice, and you start to change the way you run a little bit. And you start to get down a little bit lower, and you start to maybe get out of bounds a little bit more. So, And I know that Derrick Henry's a big guy, so maybe he doesn't necessarily uh, you know, feel that sort of contact the way regular mortals right. would. But all it usually takes is one really good welcome to the NFL shot, and you start to rethink the way you do things. I, you know, I can't wait to see if that actually happens. That's what I'm saying, because who's out there that applies hits like that today? I don't know. You'd have to have Mark like a – Actually, Mark Ingram gets busy on people. Mark Ingram, <laughs> Ingram runs tough. He does. He's a no, tough No, I mean, runner. I think we're saying – James. No, no, is no saying I'm saying what linebackers. I mean, oh, there's bad. no Ray Lewis's out there. It would have, to be, like, it would have actually, to be like Luke Keekley with a clean lane and a right, head of steam. Right, there but, you know, or it, would be, or it would be like those – what are they calling the hybrid linebacker Deion safety Buchanan, guys? Like the Deion Buchanan, somebody like Deion that. Deion Buchanan would get his soul stolen. He met Derrick Henry in an Oklahoma I got to say, we're kind of burying the lead here in Tennessee. They released key pivotal players like Bishop Sankey. <laughs> Justin Hunter, Justin, the David Cobb, like the truthers just meetings are must be in tears. Hold on, hold the on. We, ha- we have a drop for this now, guys. <laughs> Sorry, David. Is that Cobb. is that is that Gelhart when you saw that David Cobb got yep. released? Yeah, guys, that dream, that, d- that dream died a long time ago. <laughs> yes, but the but the joke has not died. No, the joke will never die. <laughs> uh I like it. Hey, by the way, if you want to catch uh replays of those preseason games and if you want to watch some replays of regular season games, go sign up for NFL 
Game Pass, NFL.com slash Game Pass. You can start a seven-day free trial live out-of-market preseason games. That's uh, over. Yep. I don't know why I read that. <laughs> Game replays during the regular season. I'm a slave to just reading script. Uh, NFL.com. NFL.com. James will read anything on the rundown. <laughs> he even read my sad-faced emoji earlier in the Mostly show. because I like it. But yes. NFL.com slash Game Pass, a seven-day free trial. Game replays during the regular season. They've got all kinds of cool camera angles. And, again, they are able to squeeze those games down into, like, a 30-minute viewing experience, which is pretty darn cool as Spend well. Spend some time watching Derrick Henry. Hey. There you oh, go. my God. You'll have so much fun if you do that. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> Atta baby. All right. Here you go. Let's go. Let's get into our fantasy top tens, shall we? And, and again, you can find this list. Uh, there's no analysis. It's just the lists. It's NFL.com slash fantasy top tens. Shooting from the hip. Again, that's 10S fantasy top tens. All right. Let's get right into it. Adam Rank. Uh, we're going to be talking about sleepers today and some breakout candidates. Adam Rank, give me uh, one of your favorite sleepers. Uh, I don't want to cross uh, pollinate with somebody else. I've got two guys I would like to discuss here. All right, please. One of them's Marvin Jones, and one's Jordan Howard. Did anybody want to take Marvin Jones, or can I kind of weigh in on this? Go for it. If somebody's going to be, I think we've talked about him ad nauseum. Okay, well, get your take. That's true. No, no, no. Uh, I love Marvin Jones. I don't. I don't think we need to go in. Um, But I did want to talk about Jordan Howard because he looked good in preseason game four. That was the thing, and I know that we need to somewhere we need to find the happy medium between like the my nephew who watched that game and was texting me like, he's going to be our starter in week three. Right. And the dude who's like, preseason games are straight Dukes and nobody cares. And <laughs> Right. Don't take I really do believe that I know that John Fox doesn't like to lean on rookie, One guy. Or rookies. Oh, One okay. guy and rookies. But watching him, it kind of got me re-energized to how I felt about him coming into the draft. And I think that if they could kind of be smart with him – and I don't want to use the comparison uh, with David Johnson because he's not that kind of back. But the way that he was brought along to where how the Cardinals were like, look, Chris Johnson's our guy for as long as he's going to be our guy. And then we'll get this guy in. I think if the Bears take the approach of we're going to go with Jeremy Langford, let him do what he's going to do, and then after a couple of weeks, maybe even half the season, Jordan Howard could be that guy who at the end of your year – you're looking at it, you're like, God, I'm starting this guy every week. If you're somebody who goes wide receiver heavy in your draft, it could be somebody that you're like in week 13 or 14 in a key playoff game being like, oh, I like his matchup. I'm going to go with him. Yeah. And I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. I do like uh, kind of hoarding players similar to him or, or, or like that. And, I, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work out. I'm, I was a David Cobb truther as well. But, uh, but I do have a better feeling about him. If you heard several of those guys and one of them hits, like that's that, all you that, need. That's a win, right all there. All you need is one. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to ask you about Zach Miller because I know you've been Ooh. big on Zach Miller. Oh, I uh, crossed him off because uh, Alex and I had decided he's not that, a sleeper. Uh, he's a deep sleeper. Oh, he's I had to sleeper. slide in Martellus Bennett. That's okay. Wait, did we put him on like deep? I don't think we. I thought we just. I thought it you doesn't we switched it. I, did, I, don't I don't know. Think I kept we, had it. A, we had to switch Martellus. Martellus was a deep sleeper, and I don't mean to point my single finger at you. I need to do the Disney open I think it palm. was with Jared. Jared <laughs> Cook was actually who we, we had to go. We had to go Zach Miller deep because you do the deep sleepers. Guys, and then I took a conference for we, this. I know. <laughs> we, we overwhelmed. Get on the we same page. We're getting two inside guys. baseball. Get, get hey, on listen, message. Just talk to me about Zach Miller because, honestly, you've been big on Zach Miller, and um, and we're seeing him go, I mean, he's 12, 13, drafted. 14. He's not, going, he's not going drafted in a lot of leagues yet. I don't really get it. And this was one of the things with the with the drafts I was kind of helping out with last night 
both guys ended up with Jordan Reed. And I'm like, that's great. And the biggest concern with him is the injuries. And I'm like, look, 15th round or whatever after your kicker, however you want to work it, uh, your last offensive player will take Zach Miller. We'll insulate ourselves with him. He could probably be available on the waiver wire, so perhaps you didn't have to draft him. But mm-hmm. he is going to be probably their biggest red zone target. Jay Cutler showed that at the end of last season. He was targeting him repeatedly. We've seen over the course of Cutler's career that he likes to throw a heavy concentration of targets to one particular receiver. While Kevin White was fine in preseason game four, I still – I just – I hated that pick. I hate – I hated having to let Brandon Marshall go on everything like that. He's really raw. He's yeah. Really he had one good year at West Virginia, so I would avoid him at all costs. So it's going to be Alshon. They lost Matt Forte, so that means a lot more passing uh, targets around. passing targets for Zach Miller. Yep. And Especially in the short intermediate he's gonna, You know what? He has the ability. Gosh, I hate being this. I hate being this. You know what? F it. <laughs> all right. He's going to be this year's Gary Barnage. Yeah, Boom. Buddy. Wow. Yeah, Boom. buddy. I mean, and the he, guy who runs freezing cold takes, I will I will send you that today. I so like you it. know, and you can watch it. If you want to come back at me in week 15, if it blows up, you can you can be my guest, but that won't be necessary. Because this team, get it. the Bears are going to the playoffs, and Zach Miller's going to be a big yeah, part of he's, he's got the speed to stretch the seam, and I think that's going to be important for the Bears this year. And he's like an ex- a great example of why you can wait so long to draft a tight end. He's my favorite tight end to There's draft. guys like that just hanging out in the 15th round. Because I agree with you. I think he's going to be a top 10 guy, yeah. no doubt about it, in my mind. He's he's on my breakout list uh, for sure. But, man, I, I really like him there. Um, anyone on this list that you guys see, uh, again, his his – 2016 sleepers, James Winston, Keith Marshall, we can cross him off, C.J. Proceis, Jordan Howard, Tyler Lockett, Torrey Smith, Marvin Jones, Kamar Aiken, Willie Sneed, Sterling Shepard, and Zach Miller. Anyone on that list that you guys kind of don't agree with? I think we should probably just keep moving on. We have Let's so many going. lists, and we're running yeah, we're running out of time. So. Oh, already? Because we're off the rails. <laughs> Shocking. Just, that was very – Marcus Grant, that was give very me your favorite. Rayleigh. That was so on the rails. It was so, so on the rails. I like it. Uh, Marcus <laughs> Grant, give me a 2016 about sleeper. Pizza. Uh, my the 2016 sleeper. I will I will spare you all another uh, rehash of my Tavon Austin take because right. at this point I'm sure you know how I feel about did it. Did you re- did you tell everybody what happened to you in the NFL? Oh, I should game? actually do this. Okay, like give me a moment here because <laughs> in the NFL, what are we calling it? The NFL media. It's the NFL fantasy draft. Whatever. Anyway, uh, we're it's sitting there. We're yeah, I remember that draft. And we're drafting. Really well for us. It was on. It was on Periscope. Uh, so I'm sure some of you out there may have seen it. But we start getting. We're what. Uh, Late ninth, early tenth round, right around there, yeah. And Adam Rank says, "Oh yeah, there's a guy I got in mind. I'm taking. I'm gonna get him ahead." Well, of Marcus, Marcus had been killing me all day, taking a guy because he was three, I was four. Yes. So it was when it was coming back. So I went in front of Marcus. Okay. And I'm like, dude, revenge. This right. is gonna be such a revenge pick. And, and and money goes. Matt Money Smith goes. He's not gonna get to you. I'm he's like, no, him. he's like getting to you. And Marcus is like, what are you guys talking about? And, and then, it just it, it hit took, me. Then it was like Terry Benedict finding out that his that was his casino <laughs> that was being robbed, and was like, no, yeah, like the whole thing. And then of course, so not only not only did this happen, but then money actually made me announce his pick. <laughs> so I had to announce that Matt Money Smith with the third pick in the tenth round was taking Tavon off. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Anyway, uh, my sleeper out of this list is Julius Thomas that I really want to talk about because, you you know, I I know that I know that he disappointed a lot of people. I I know that the expectations were a little bit lower from him leaving Peyton Manning in that Bronco offense and going to Jacksonville. And, you know, him being hurt at the start of the year certainly didn't help. And you watched even throughout the season that once he got healthy and was on the field, 
you could still see that he was trying to work his way into the offense and kind of build that rapport with his quarterback. He's healthy now. Yeah. He has spent the offseason working with Blake Bortles. And look, yes, having Peyton Manning while he was still somewhere near his prime definitely helps a lot. But you go back and you watch Julius Thomas. Hey, here's a room. Here's a here's a here's a fact. He played college basketball. Did you know that? I did not know. <laughs> Shocking. That. Um, he is a big, athletic, talented player who, even without having a Hall of Fame level quarterback, can go out and make plays. And so, I feel like he's the guy who's going to take quite a bit away from Alan Hearns this year. He's going to be a red zone target. He's just an athletic guy in the middle of the field, and I don't see how he doesn't bounce back. Maybe to not where he was at his height with the Broncos, but still to being easily a top ten, maybe even knocking on the door of a top five tight end. This year. I don't disagree with that, man. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily foresee you know ten touchdowns for him, but eight fifty and six or seven. I think you take that from uh, absolutely a tight end that you're getting super, super you're late, double digit rounds easily. Uh, maybe near the end of the draft, even. All right, I'll give you a sleeper. Uh, I, I continue to see Kirk Cousins go off the draft board super, super late. I don't really get it. His he showed us what he can do last year against, again, I get it, against bad defenses, and that's fine. But here's the thing. You look at his schedule, he's got nothing but bad defenses in front of him for the first six or seven weeks. Steelers, who were terrible against the pass last year, I don't think they've made too many upgrades. Uh, the Cowboys are going to be bad. The Giants are going to be bad against uh, against the pass. I know they got Olivier Vernon, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Browns are going to be awful. The Ravens we saw last year were absolutely horrific. The Eagles, uh, again, I know they're going to be better, but still not great. And the Lions, too, they're not going to be good either. Uh, you look at how the schedule plays out in the first, what is that, the seven weeks of the season? Give me Kirk Cousins all day long, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do after that when he's got much more difficult matchups. But, man, the first seven weeks of the season, I'll take that all day long from Kirk Cousins, a guy that you're getting uh, super, super late. I-, I absolutely love Kirk Cousins as a sleeper this year. It's a crazy good schedule. It is a very nice schedule, yeah. man. Uh, Alex Gelhar, give me your favorite sleeper. Uh, from this list, uh, looking at the guys, I'm going to talk about Rashad Jennings a little bit, although he might have finally vaulted, vaulted past sleeper status. But things. No, have been, I don't think so. Think, I think he's still sleeper. Yeah, you're fine. He goes in the ninth round. He's yeah, going man. in like the seventh round now on Excuse Fantasy me. Football Calculator. Okay. I apologize. But regardless, Rashad Jennings is a guy that – Drumbeat, as as Harmon has uh, got us all saying now, had oh. been had been building for a while. Even much earlier this offseason, there were hints that they were going to stop using their ridiculous four-headed committee. That has been re- reassured to us through uh, the recent weeks. And uh, Rashad Jennings is just going to be the early down back. He can catch some passes, and I feel like this is going to be more of a one-two split between him and Shane Vereen. And we saw last year during the final four weeks of the year, he was, what, the RB3 in yeah, scoring man. over those four weeks? Looked great. If he, he looked can, good. If he can stay healthy, we've seen him put up good numbers before. He won't, but that's okay. I mean, but still, for a guy that you can get in, I mean, in a sharp league in the seventh and a nor- in more casual league in the ninth, tenth round, like a starting running back, I'm all for it. Yeah. I think, he, again, we talk about those perfect candidates for, for zero RB. Uh, I mean, again, I, I know he, he'll probably get hurt at some point, but he's a guy that you absolutely must target. Uh, Matt Franciscovich, give me your favorite 2016 sleeper, sir. My sleeper has already awoken. During the preseason, oh, uh, here we go. The awakening, the awakening. Kristen Michael, <laughs> Kristen Michael, uh, and there's already there some reports this week. Oh, Rawls is back. Rawls is going to be the week one starter. Yep. And then we saw Michael work with the first team in the preseason game last night, and Rawls only got reps with the second or third team right. offense. Only they each only had two carries. It's still Michael's going to be involved. Uh, Rawls isn't there yet. They're not going to plug him in right away. I don't need to spend a lot of time on this. 
Kristen Michael draft him. He's he's a huge sleeper in the like 13th round right now. Matt Harmon, 2016 sleeper. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys on here that I feel like I've talked about a lot on this podcast, but one that I haven't so much, and that's Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons. Oh, Sanu? Yeah, this is an interesting one because it's a it's a great point about what fantasy football is. Like, how good you think Mohamed Sanu is in real life really doesn't matter yeah. the, in this in this situation because the opportunity is there, uh, and we know that he can actually produce when he gets targets. Uh, there are ninety, there are like over a hundred targets up for grabs uh, between. Roddy White and Leonard Hankerson departing from the Falcons last year. Right. Uh, Leonard Hankerson was on a 92 target season end pace even before before he got cut, of course. Uh, and Sanu's going to step into that. They paid him big money in free agency. When he saw 98 targets in 2014, okay. he was the wide receiver 30 in fantasy overall. And in the weeks where A.J. Green missed four games and he was the number one receiver, he recorded 95 yards per game and a whopping 18 PPR points per game. Wow. So, I mean, if something were to happen to Julio Jones, he would have, which, God forbid, we don't want that to happen, but he would just inherit a massive amount of that passing game pie because there's really nobody else there. Justin Hardy? Right, yeah, but Aldrich I mean – Robinson? Sanu is going to start – I don't know, Aldrick Robinson, get out of here. Uh, but I know Sanu is, go- <laughs> Sanu is going to be the one that starts, and he'll see 90 to 100 targets. And then, again, I, I think that it, they paid him for a reason, and that would to be insurance in case Julio goes down. But even when he Julio's on the field – there's not a lot of other options again there. So he might be a guy that sneaks into the top 35 of scoring, and you can get him very, very late, way off that price. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I don't necessarily agree, but that's okay. Marcus Grant, 2016 breakout. Do you got a breakout for me, Keith? Uh, I do have a breakout All for right. you. Let's go. Uh, I got a couple to pick from, but um, let's go with Melvin Gordon. Um, right. Nice. Because I yeah. I, I yeah. was back on Melvin Gordon. Oh, my gosh. Early in the preseason. I so really, early. I really started to believe. So early. It, it might have been March or April when I started looking at Melvin Gordon tape and started to really believe that this guy was poised to, to do some things. Now, obviously, after last year, it's okay. hard for him to be worse than he was last season. Obviously, didn't score a touchdown. I know that was the big story around him from from the year last year. But to watch him on the field, you saw a guy who was starting to get better and starting to understand his role in the offense. And I think the biggest thing for him going from last year to this year is whether or not he has earned the trust of Phillip Rivers because that was a lot of his downfall last season. It's just that Rivers didn't believe that Gordon knew where he needed to be on the field at any one time, and especially when the team was losing late in the year, they had injuries, they're trying to come back. Rivers just felt more comfortable with Danny Woodhead out there, so he always kind of wanted Woodhead there. But now, Gordon looks more like the guy we saw at Wisconsin. He looks like the guy that the Chargers drafted. And they're not going to let him fail. They're going to give him opportunities to be that workhorse back. And I just think what we've seen from him in the preseason is kind of a glimpse of what we can expect from him during the year. And where you're getting him kind of in the mid-rounds, you're getting him as a third running back, I think he can exceed that, and I think that by the end of the year, you'll be talking about him as a low-end running back, too, this year. I don't disagree. He's looked so good in the preseason. Yeah. It's amazing. Microfracture surgery, and man. Well, and the, and the other part of that, I mean, I know that was the big argument against him, but yeah. the fact that the Chargers didn't address the running back position at all during the offseason, to me, spoke to their level of confidence in his recovery. Right, if Bishop Sankey ends up in San Diego, I'll be concerned. <laughs> Get out of here. David saying no, I would be like, I would be concerned. Rank, bringing another uh, I don't, we just somehow don't have your breakouts listed okay. here. Do you have one you want to give us? You know what? I do. And uh, this actually speaks to what uh, Matt Harmon was just talking about, about 
how you cannot like the way a player looks when he plays, but he's going to give you the production. And it's somebody who I came around on who I didn't. I straight up am like, I'm never drafting this guy. But then just doing the research, you're like, I got to look at Latavius Murray as somebody who's going to be given the opportunity to go out there, run behind that great offensive line for the Raiders, and do something what Derek McFadden was able to do last year with the Cowboys, and then just by virtue of being on a team that should run the ball a lot with a great offensive line, fall forward enough <laughs> to get into the top ten, get in, get close to the top five. And he's one of those running backs. I don't necessarily go completely zero RB, but typically I want to go three running or excuse me, three wide receivers at the top. Latavius Murray keeps being the guy that I grab in the fourth round. I love him. And I'm, sure. I like his average draft position, and I like all that stuff. And so I'm going to ignore – I'm not going to watch the games. I'm just going to watch his, <laughs> watch his points I, up here. You know what? First of all, um, I'm going to piggyback on that because he's on my breakout list, and, and I, he was the guy that I was going to talk about. But, man, you talk about that O-line. Uh, I think they have a – no, 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 it's good. They, they have a better defense this year, d- does the Oakland Raiders. And I think what we're going to see, why does the defense matter? Well, I think we're going to see more competitive games. Right. Um, and, and he's in a contract year. He's still a young guy, still learning the running back position. Um, I'll also say this, man. Look, I know that there's a lot of concern about DeAndre Washington. There's two things I like about having DeAndre Washington there. One, I think that last year, because they literally had nobody else behind Latavius, I think he was saving himself in the early parts of games. I really do. I think he was pacing himself, and as you mentioned, he didn't have those explosive plays uh, that we saw from him before. He's got an athlete. Obviously, he's just an unbelievable athlete, but I think with DeAndre Washington spelling him, I do think that he's going to have more explosive plays this year. And the other thing I like about having DeAndre Washington there, if you have Latavius, you know who the handcuff is, too. Right. I, and so it brings a lot of clarity in drafting a guy like Latavius Murray from a fantasy perspective. I really think he's going to have a good year this year. And if he doesn't, let me go scoop up DeAndre Washington in a heartbeat. Um, Alex Gelhar, give me a, a breakout. Well, if I don't talk about Jared Cook as a breakout, well, Franchise or Harmon, well, what do you guys <laughs> well, make of Well, he was going to be – if I didn't talk Melvin Gordon, I was going to talk go. Jared Cook. Well, just I might want to make sure we get some, some Jared Cook talking. Of course Harmon. you do. Good. Will you talk about Jared Cook if I don't as your breakout? Uh, Since Bruce Ellington is now on IR and you can't really Jesus talk about him. Bruce, please, <laughs> please talk about Jared Cook. I can talk about Jared Cook. Good. Um, well, I noticed you were you were reading and not paying attention as you said you've been you've been wanting to do so. I, <laughs> sure. well, I know what we're talking wow, you about. Just, you just got wow. called out. What the hell, man? Out. Just messing. All right. So, anyways, I'll talk about uh, the other starting receiver in Tennessee. And I won't listen. Apparently, we've given yes. a lot of we've given a lot of love to Tajay Sharp, justifiably yep. so. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, people are sleeping on the other guy there, Rashard Matthews, as well. Okay. They they signed him this offseason. Actually, he's the highest-paid wide receiver on the roster right now. And he proved he could play last year. Through the first 11 weeks of 2015, he was the wide receiver 22 in standard leagues, averaging 9.1 fantasy points per game and 11.4 fantasy points per game when he saw five-plus targets. So when he gets volume, he can produce. He's going to probably be the other guy starting opposite Tajay Sharp. He's a veteran. He's also a savvy route runner. He's not the most explosive guy in the world, but he's a reliable target. And I think Mar- Mariota is going to turn his way a fair amount, and if he gets a decent share of targets, he could break out as a guy that's essentially free in drafts this year too. Franchise breakout. Uh, I'm gonna. We talked about him already, but my breakout candidate is Derrick Henry. He could be a breakout. He could be a bargain. He could be a sleeper. There you go. He fits into all these categories. Yep. Uh, some people think he's going to be a touchdown vulture. 
I think he's going to be much more than that. It's sort of a 1A, 1B situation with DeMarco Murray, and he's a great value. I'm trying to get Derrick Henry on every fantasy team. Uh, very quickly, you have Vance McDonald on here. There's been a lot of buzz starting to build uh, around Vance. Can you tell me why you have him on this breakout list? Everybody Vance now. Everybody <laughs> Vance now. Oh. Uh, I just think – I, I wish I wasn't listening to that. I know Harmon's, Harmon's <laughs> talked a lot about – the opportunities in San Francisco with a higher volume offense under Chip Kelly. They don't have a lot of great wide receiver options now. Bruce Ellington is out for the season. Right. So it's really Tory. Why do we have to keep talking about this? It's really Tory, Tory <laughs> Smith. Who's I don't even know who their number two wide receiver is. I have is no now. idea. Is it Quentin Patton? Quentin, yes, Patton. Quentin Patton. That's nice. just that's just even more of a case for DeAndre Vance, Vance McDonald to get a lot of targets. And, and Tory Smith is more of a one dimensional downfield guy. Deep deep kind of threat kind of guy, so I think Vance McDonald will absorb a lot of those short yardage targets. I don't he'll disagree. Be a, he'll be a guy in the red zone, and we saw him, I think it was their first preseason game. He's got the skills to juke guys in open field. He's got speed, and we saw a connection between him and Gabbert late last year. I think that's going to continue. Matthew Harmon. Oh, 2016 Matthew. Breakout. I often say that uh, only Oh my god! <laughs> I often say that that only uh, women that I'm involved with, uh, which we know is zero, uh, okay. forever and ever and ever. Wow! Are, and my mother and my sisters are allowed to call me Matthew, but I guess you can be the fourth member of that club. Jim. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm I'm stuck in there with kind of an outlier, but with uh, women and your mom and your sister. Those those also women. They're women too. That, well, no, so yes. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Terrific. That's anyway, that was taken out, out of context. Okay. So I guess I'm uh, obligated to talk about uh, Jared Cook. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but legitimately, I do think that Jared Cook has a great chance to break out this season. I've re- I realize this is like, ugh, again, something we've been waiting for for years. I feel like, though, the, at least the stronghold here, we're all kind of in unison. Oh, we, we are. We're we all, are, in on we Jared all Cook. are very much in on Jared Cook, so okay. it's definitely not going to work out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey I'm, I'm just joking. But so if you take just Jared Cook's rate stats over his career, which aren't great because, of course, he hasn't had a great career, and apply them to 16.5% of the targets or the team's targets from last year, which is that's the market share that Jermichael Finley averaged in his two most productive seasons uh, with the Packers. Stay with me. We're doing some math here, but I promise it will get to a point. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math here. It's a math game. <laughs> it just happens to be based on football. Uh, so if you just use Jared Cook's career rate stats on ni- the 93 targets you would get out of that equation, uh, and his rate stats are 57% catch rate his career, 3.3 touchdown rate, 12.8 yards per reception, and you give that to that, again, that share of targets, you get 53 catches, 678 yards, and three touchdowns, which is good for 85.8 fanners, fantasy points in Sanders leagues. I'm, I'm even getting lost here. And that would have been the tight end 13 last year. And so that, I think, is like Jared Cook's floor with the opportunities presented. Now, if you bump up his rate stats – because he's playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with ever, then you potentially have a top 10 tight end on your hands. Mm, that's interesting. And um, I legitimately think, like, we've again, we've fretted about who's going to be the third Green Bay receiver. I just can't imagine that they're going to throw more passes to Devontae Adams or Jared Aberderis than they would Jared Ty Cook. Montgomery's in the mix, too. Is he, though? Is he? All right. Not that much. <laughs> right, not that much. I don't know. I'm about Jared. I'm about the Jared Cook life. I mean, you can get him so late, and I really do think he has a great chance. I feel like that 100 targets, though, is pretty aggressive. 93. Oh, 93? Yeah. If, so if you Still. get. It's very specific there. Well, that's what you would, if you again, if you just do the math. Uh, Between Jordy and, and Randall Cobb and, and the running backs. Yeah, so I was looking I was looking tough at to it. get for him to, to, to get to 90. Yeah, I think he would have to dig into Jordy Nelson's 150-plus targets that he saw in 2014, which, I mean, I think legitimately could happen because Jordy is getting older. 
uh, and I mean, they're just going to rely on also, him less. Also, James, let me ask you a question. How many yes. targets do you think Richard Rodgers had last year? Uh, if I had to guess, yes. I know the answer. 75. 85. Okay. So with Cook being a much more dynamic threat, it's not – that crazy to think that he gets 12 more targets than Richard Rodgers saw last That's year. true. But yeah. is it also possible that Richard Rodgers mixes in? I Not think as a blocker. As a blocker. He was James, he was the slowest so tight end bad. in the history. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how he got – I think I've said it a million times. That's how he got that Hail Mary. I think Justin he was Perillo, so slow. I think Justin Perillo could actually outrun – Richard Rodgers in a foot race. Stop Guys, it. he was so slow that the defense had no idea he was Does even that there. Was <laughs> That's what I was asking. Does that count? Really, I mean, he caught target? it, so yeah, I guess target by default. Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. everybody in the stadium was basically Seriously, a target. There are like there are at least seven guys <laughs> that could get credited with a target for that. Yeah, that is true. All right, so but those are those are the lists for now. Check out the full ones. NFL.com/slash/top10s. All right, there you go. Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily. All right, daily dap time. Gosh, we got a lot of them today. Should we start with Adam Rank? Wow. You want me to eat up all the time? Uh, <laughs> so we can move you along. That's why we go to that you first, That's what we're doing. All right. Veteran uh, host right there. Yep. I think we should dap Harmon shirt. Oh. Guess, is it Zara? It is. It is. Okay. <laughs> I, you could go one or two rank, ways. Rank has, has, you has can be one or two ways with, with Harmon. You could oh either be God. the guy that really – the older guy that hates him, Jeez. or the guy who's going to start dressing like him. Yep. And I fall into the latter category. That's good. So I feel like that's, Perfect. A, that's a good place He's to He's wearing a white shirt and uh, what are those? Red, small red polka dots. They're not polka dots. You they're they're pin, pins. Are they? Pin spots. This is, this is great it's audio for people that can't see know. what it's he's a, wearing. That's all. That's all, all, all but well, the fact that Adam Rank was able to call out Zara in a heartbeat. That's yeah, well, listen, every day. Every single day. <laughs> like the first time. No, I think, no, I think no, it was this. Don't pull, back the, don't pull back the curtain. Just let it stand as an impressive right. thing okay. that I knew where it was. <laughs> I could have gone H&M. That would have been the two options. That would have been H&M the two then? options. Okay. Uh, I would like to dap TJ Rubley. Because uh, back in 1993, he was the quarterback of the L.A. Rams, and he was awful, and I hated him. Okay. <laughs> Watching Jared Goff, I'm like, you know what? Actually, you weren't so bad, TJ. Aww. So daps Aww. to you. I would like to dap the Why city of Las Vegas there? for their stadium conception that they have been pitching around. Uh, if you've ever been to a UNLV basketball game and walked out of the Thomas and Mack at night, it is a beautiful sight to behold because you can see the entire Las Vegas Strip. The stadium design, and I encourage everybody who hasn't seen it to go seek it out on the interwebs, uh, where the Raiders stadium would be, the views that it would give. You would have to give the Raiders three night games a year because the views would be so great. You can't use the stock footage, though. Don't do the HBO boxing thing where they show the the flyover of the strip. You're like, yeah, the Stardust hasn't been there for 12 years. I feel like you can't (laughs) use the footage because the stock footage because things change so rapidly in that city. They still use it. There's the Riviera. There's the Frontier. It's awesome. All that stuff uh, adapts to uh, Leslie Jones, uh, whose yes. Twitter was hilarious uh, during the Olympics, and somebody who just has to stand up for ridiculous uh, persecution that she gets. Yeah. I don't know why. She's a she's a talented performer. She's very funny. She doesn't deserve all the crap that a lot of people give her. But you know what? The fact that she keeps doing what she's doing, uh, I really have to respect that. And uh, I enjoy following her, and I enjoy her work. Uh, would like to dap finally. Uh, actually, I got two more. Kevin Owens, who uh, captured the WWE Universal Title, and I don't want to go too much into wrestling, but there was somebody on ESPN who made some snide comment towards Kevin's autistic son 
being excited. He's like, yeah, you know, what this, was that? He's about, like, you know, man. it's scripted. And I said, listen, and here's the thing that I will say about wrestling. Okay, so it's scripted. He he is being recognized among his peers as right. being one of the top performers sure. in the game. Yeah, it would be similar to being mad at Colin Hanks for being happy that his dad won an Academy Award <laughs> because exactly his role right. in Saving Private Ryan was scripted. It's so exactly we right. get it. We watch wrestling for the entertainment. Everybody gets it. Why do You're people not funny. use that? You're the worst hot taker. You're the second worst hot taker next to the people who are upset at Leslie Jones. So go away. I, uh, I don't like any of you. I don't understand. You just always have to take that take. I, I really he, don't understand. He could have easily walked it back and been like, you know what? My bad. My bad. Nope. But double he, down on yeah, it. Yeah, he went. He went. No, he like septupled down on it. So his, his Twitter account the day after was oh, awful. It was awful. He, he's it, it, not a good human being. That's so dumb. Um, Actually, and I don't like want to give that guy. NBA Kevin Owens guy, is. Like, um, but the ESPN personality yeah, is not. And then the Daily Dap for James Coe for being such an excellent podcast host, for having me here, for helping make the Danger Zone. A fantastic segment that a lot of people loved, uh, a lot of people bought into, and I want to let few people hate it. <laughs> and I want to let everybody know that even though we're going to separate shows and we're doing all that stuff, our goal is to continue to bring you Danger Zone picks throughout the 2016 season. So that will not be Just going away. Uh, we're we're going to find a way to do, do it, it socially. On, so, I was gonna say, when, when's the we'll Danger Zone League draft? The Danger Zone League draft is actually tonight. Tonight. Nice. Yes. Uh, it's midnight Eastern. Uh, 9 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Pacific. Eastern. As somebody told somebody's me. Somebody's doing it at 5 a.m. Because <laughs> we got like people in like Switzerland and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Germany. and Laura yeah, it's, Woods it's from Sky awesome, Sports is in the man. league. Yeah. Has she subscribed yet? <laughs> Has she subscribed <laughs> and rated, rated the podcast? And reviewed it. Rigged. She rated it. This is rigged. Uh, I said. Sad. Sad. All right, we're moving on. Matt Harmon, give it, uh, Adam Ray, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. I will miss your presence on the show. Um, the feelings. Yes. The feelings portion. <laughs> really nice. uh, apparently, management did kill Danger Zone, so there you go. Uh, they did not. They did not. Danger Zone will never die. We're going to be underground now where it truly should belong. Anyway. What is dead what may never die. Yeah. Uh, Matt Harmon, give me a, a daily dap, sir. Yeah, I'm going to stay within our own building, too, and I'm going to give a daily dab to our coworker Dave Damashek, who's done a lot for me in terms of getting different exposure, whether it's on his show or on other platforms. And I really appreciate that because, you know, I still feel like, you know, it was just yesterday that I was a pissant blogger in my own uh, one-bedroom sad apartment in, in Lynchburg, Virginia. And, uh, <laughs> West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia. Lynchburg, Virginia. Real West Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> God, I hate you guys. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm here hating you guys. That's why I, we're not getting daily data. Right. Damn That's why none of you guys are getting a daily data. But no, so I mean, I really appreciate um, a lot of what Dave has done for me, and it, it means a lot. And I, I hope that I show my gratitude uh, both in, in this space and uh, wherever I am. Uh, because there you go. I, I appreciate people that do stuff for me. There you and go. you guys have all, of course, done that too. And I, I do love you guys. I don't hate you, especially Rank. Well deserved reception perception is such a. Like, crazy, ridiculous tool, uh, and I can't believe you put in the time and effort to do that. That is awesome. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, give me a Daily Dap. Uh, I got a, a few of them real quick. Uh, one, uh, you know, since we're doing this, uh, Daily Dap to Adam Rank, who, uh, oh, wow. you know, when I when I, <laughs> when I started on this Fire show, up, wonder what, where, like, when I when I, look, when I started Hold on, here, it's like a 
therapy session, guys. There, there we go. go. Um, look, I, I, we're, I, breaking, we're breaking up in a way. So when I when I started here, I mean, I sat uh, I sat a couple desks in front of Adam Rank, and I was just you know a writer editor guy. And then since I've been on the show for the last few seasons, uh, it's just been so much fun working with him on the show every day. So I will, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'll hang around in the background and skulk behind the cameras at Fantasy and Friends just to there kind of get go. a little bit of that. <laughs> Atta, um, okay, enough of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Daily Dap, <laughs> Daily Dap to uh, Vince Staples. He dropped his new EP, Prima Donna, uh, like a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of stuck on it the other night. You might have seen me tweet about it. I was up late uh, writing things, writing the IDP preview for you. For you and uh, but Vince <laughs> Vince Staples help uh, help me get through it. The thing is is fantastic. Go check it out. And then finally, daily dap to the semi small but very enthusiastic and excited bunch who has jumped on my team for SBLI hashtag. Yeah. Um, it's kind of starting to pick Here up a little go. steam. Uh, I do plan on putting together a Spotify playlist of some of my favorite Tame Impala songs. So I'll put that out there. I'll leave it open just in case anybody else wants to add some of their favorite tracks on it too. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep kind of keep banging away at this thing. And, yeah, hey, maybe we get it trending. Maybe we catch somebody's attention. Uh, I have tweeted it at Tame Impala. They have yet to respond. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, I'm not giving up on that one yet. But uh, I, but thanks to everybody who kind of has jumped on this thing and kind of run with it a little bit. So there you go. Wiz nice. Kid from Wisconsin, what's up? Uh, two things. First, Daily Dapping the show You're the Worst, which is returning on FXX. I have not watched the premiere yet. It came back this Wednesday, August 31st. Uh, I believe you can watch the first two seasons on Hulu or FX Now or whatever. It's a fantastic show. It's kind of the way I pitch it to people is like it's a sitcom but with antiheroes as the lead characters. So in the same vein that people love dramas with antiheroes like Dexter and Breaking Bad and all this stuff, if you want to watch a sitcom about kind of anti-heroic messy people in in real situations, uh, You're the Worst is a great show. And secondly, I want to daily dap actually Colin Kaepernick because I think – this whole thing, he's he's uh, he's come under fire a lot for it, and it was a it was an interesting stand for a player of his stature right now in the NFL to make. But I think it's it's kind of cool what he's done and the conversation he started, and now that he announced he's going to donate the first million dollars he makes this year to charities that help communities that are in need and uh, you know come are to, for the cause he's supporting. I think it's pretty oh. cool. And another thing that's interesting to me is that all these Colin Kaepernick is one of the, like the least outspoken quarterbacks in the league when he was the starter. His press conferences were painful. Yeah. <laughs> One to three word answers. And if you watch his press conference from the week four of the preseason or his stand-ups with Steve Weish, this is something that he's very passionate about and, and thoughtful about. And he's he's making a very interesting, peaceful stand. So I just want to give a, a shout-out to him and, and all that he's doing and the conversation that he started. I think it's it's hopefully going to have some good in the world. I will yeah. piggyback off of that. I'm going to give a daily dap to Nate Boyer. Uh, former Green Beret uh, was on the practice squad for the Seattle Seahawks. Try, didn't quite make that final roster, but that's okay. He wrote an open letter uh, to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he was on NFL Network, and Lindsey Rhodes asked him, well, if you could sit down with him, what would you do? What would you say to him? And his response, I thought, was very classy. He said, I would just sit there and listen. And he said, we're not, we don't have enough of that in this country today, right now, especially on this particular subject matter. Yeah. And for a, a, a service member uh, to be saying that and, and to support Colin Kaepernick's right to, again, as you mentioned, take a peaceful stand uh, in, in a uh, 
in a place that he thought was very important to him. Uh, Daily Daps to Nate Boyer. By the way, Nate Boyer and Colin Kaepernick did speak mm-hmm. uh, before the preseason game, uh, their final preseason game. I guess they spoke for about an hour. Boyer was on the sideline next the to side Kaepernick. Yep. That was great. It was great. And they had a great conversation, and they and basically uh, he tweeted out, hey, let's just keep it moving, and let's build America. I like it. Let's I liked it, it a lot. Uh, I will say this. Uh, uh, Daily Daps to uh, the guy in um, Sean C's league who drafted me. In the 14th round as a wide receiver. What? <laughs> what? They took a one of those stickers, and they wrote my name in. That's amazing. <laughs> I went in the 14th round right after Joe Flacco. Wow. You are, you are borderline elite. So wait, almost. Wait, wait, wait. You're almost elite. <laughs> James, are yes. you the first fantasy analyst to, to ever drafted? actually draft I don't know. in a fantasy uh, draft? This is on Twitter yes. at SCIS30. The dude tweeted me a picture of of his draft board in his league. That's incredible. Some dude drafted me as a wide receiver. Everybody else in this room is slightly jealous now. I know. I'm going to go I look. Like it. I just yep. want to see. I, I'm yeah. just curious who you went, uh, what receivers you went ahead of. That's a great that's Also, a great point. You, you as a wide receiver were overdrafted. You were drafted ahead of Matt Harmon. <laughs> wide who would have ever thought? Sleeper. Who would have ever thought? That's slanderous. My combine numbers I have are like, trophies. I have like a foot on James. Oh yeah, absolutely. You probably got speed at this. Yeah, point. but I didn't. I got. My, it, I got. I got flagged on the medical reach. Yeah, <laughs> got that bone on bone JSI problem. Jimmy and JSI. Franchise, what's up? Yeah, I got three quick daily daps. So my first one, just to retread the Washington backfield for anyone that's taking a running back there. Uh, they scored nine rushing touchdowns last year, and Kirk Cousins had five of them. Yeah, buddy. So Godspeed to you, fantasy folks. <laughs> if you draft any of those running backs. All right, moving on. Daily daps to my buddy Josh, who's a huge Vikings fan. He's so sad about oh, the Teddy Bridgewater injury. Brutal. He posted a Snapchat story of himself in his Teddy jersey, chugging red wine to sad songs, <laughs> and like watching Teddy Bridgewater highlights from the last preseason game when he worked. So sorry, Josh. It'll be okay. Oh, you have, that's amazing. You have a new stadium. Awesome. It was it the saddest thing I've ever okay. seen. It won't. And be then okay. my last daily dap is going to the world. Uh, the Little League World Series champions, the team who won was called Maine Endwell. That it's actually a town across the river from where I grew up. So it's a cool. huge, huge deal um, in upstate New York. My dad's been texting me along the way. They beat South Korea 2-1. to one. Yeah, what's up um, with that? Forget that. <laughs> Sorry, James. Uh, and uh, they beat Diamond the, Bar. The, oh, okay. <laughs> all the, they had a parade for them when they got back to their hometown. They they got to go out on on City Field with the Mets the other night for the national anthem. So it's a big deal uh, from my town of Binghamton where I grew up. So congrats cool. to the Maine and Well Little League. Dude, team. that is awesome. All yeah. right, that's gonna do it for the show today. A big one, but that's okay. Go to NFL.com/slash Game Pass to start a seven-day trial. It's free. Game replays during the regular season. Thanks for listening. We're out. Wrong show, bro. (laughs) Okay. How are we getting paid for this right now? (laughs) All right. Oh, my goodness. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.